I'm Gonna Be Your Number One were perhaps the most prophetic lyrics ever written by John Holt, lead singer of the Jamaican vocal group The Paragons. The song he wrote did become number one several times in several countries, just not the all-star version he recorded with The Paragons, Tommy McCook and the Supersonic Band, and White Rum Raymond on violin, although that version did see moderate success. It wouldn't be until 1980 when the ska and rock steady group's song was covered by the Debbie Harry-fronted new wave band Blondie that the song would fulfill the prophecy and hit the number one spot in the US, the UK, Canada, and New Zealand. The Blondie version made a sort of lateral genre transition, moving the song from ska to reggae, a genre that had gained much more recognition in North American and European culture in the 70s. Bob Marley had gained worldwide recognition. Eric Clapton hit the top of the charts with a cover of Marley's I Shot the Sheriff in 1974. And two years prior, Johnny Nash topped U.S. charts with the reggae song I Can See Clearly Now, making it the first reggae song to do so. It may be that the popularity of Blondie itself was enough to make this song an instant success, following in the footsteps of Call Me, released that same year, and 1978's disco hit Heart of Glass. Holt's song would go on to become a number one hit again in 2002 for the British pop girl group Atomic Kitten. Although it achieved market success, the cover was panned by British critic David Cheel, who included it in his top five awful cover versions list in 2002, describing it as, quote, a ghastly, sickly confection that has none of the wistfulness or soulfulness of either Blondie's version or the Paragon's original. The song remains a radio staple on multiple stations, thanks to the success of its many cover versions. That's right, we're talking John Holtz and the Paragons, The Tide is High on Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that looks at famous songs and their many cover versions, compares them against one another to find out which one is holding on. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my number one co-host... Alex Mildenberger. Alex. Alex. Mildenberger. Yeah. What's going on? How you doing? Uh, pretty good. Doing pretty good. Um, I thought you... Did you almost say recognition? I reggae, think I did almost say recognition. Anyway. I use recognition more in that uh in that intro than I thought I did writing it. Anyway, I thought it was a good move. So Yeah, I should have just rolled with it, you're right. Alex, we're talking about a, a ska and rock steady piece. Yes. Yes, we are. So technically we've already talked about ska on this a ska original with uh Goldfinger's Superman. This is a much different. This is True. original ska. Yeah, this is like Jamaican ska. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is something to be said for the music coming from not only the place where it kind of first emerged, but also the. I guess this is a bit after, but more or less the time. Yeah, Closer, so it's, a, it's a bit later yeah. ska because we're starting to see the emergence of reggae. Yes, absolutely. But it is still. Like, closer than now, I guess? Yeah. It just all seems like it's in the past. Even though mm-hmm. it could be decades removed. So, Alex, you picked the song this week. How did you How did you come to pick this one? Well, this kind of stuff just kind of happens, I find, somewhat serendipitously. You hear mm-hmm. something on the radio and... or Or, you know, a Spotify playlist or whatever shuffle something uh and just 
now that I'm actually looking for things semi-actively, like thinking, oh, this is a sound I recognize, but actually what is it as opposed to it's a background background music that mm-hmm. I just ignore. And then you realize somewhere, like I know this from somewhere, like this is in my mind, this is in someone's consciousness, mine and like the public. So that's kind of how I uh, arrived at it. I heard it basically on, on the Spotify right. playlist is what I'm trying to say. But Did I also hear- recognized it. Did you hear the original on a playlist? It, it was. It was a ska and reggae playlist. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I don't think the original is the one I would have been familiar with. No. And the thing is, this one is such a, like you said, a background music. It's so <laughs> much a part of like radio play that I couldn't even tell you if I'm familiar with the Atomic Kitten version or the Blondie version. I yeah, want to say it's the Blondie no version. Idea. But I'm I would not like, sure. I would like to as well, but I, I do have a feeling like it would be the Atomic Kitten version, because I think that was in the Lizzie McGuire movie, which it I was, did not that's correct. see. But uh But if you were watching feel, Disney yeah. Channel in that era, they were yeah, they would have been have pumping adverts for that. So I don't know. Like it could have been anyone. Maybe my sister was into it. Like there's a lot of songs that I heard my sister listening to that right. were like pop covers. Uh what was the one we talked about? Um Oh, there was the uh, uh, fucking. If you could read my mind, was one of those. Oh yeah, with uh, what the club? 54? Yeah, cl- studio fifty four, whatever. Yeah. Thing. Um, was a stars on fifty four. Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah, uh, a version of that song. Uh, other stuff like um, um, oh, I just had it. Uh. Hang on. Just edit out me being an idiot. Uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> um, Not going to be much podcast left, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sad. Now there's a joke, so we have to leave it in. <laughs> um, uh, uh, you Can't Hurry Love is another song I'm thinking of. Right, um, yeah. Stuff That's, like that. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so sometimes things get trickled into you from the sort of the corporate music machine rather than yeah the the original source. Exactly. And then it's hard to even remember where it came from. And that's mm-hmm. a song like this. Yeah, particularly because these I don't I yeah, I don't know. But I'm I'm thinking of this this Atomic Kitten version is so lifeless that it's easy to paint over it in my memory with the Blondie version anyway and be like, "Well, it's probably that one." Yeah, and of course, yeah, we'll talk about it more later, but like there's yeah. parts that would be distinctive, but I don't mm-hmm. remember that specifically. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. I remember the the tide is high. Yeah. Um with that, that's that sort of covers our relationship with the song. Let's just dip into the lyrics on this. Minimal. Minimal. <laughs> Minimal, you know, it's yeah. in the popular conscious. So let's talk about the lyrics here. They're uh yeah, they are the lyrics and the lyrics start like this. The tide is high, but I'm holding on. I'm going to be your number 1. I'm not the kind of man who gives up just like that. No. 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 Well, I mean, the song seems to be about romance. It seems to be about perseverance, which, uh, and, uh, of course, the metaphor of of the tide being high. Now, I, you know, lived in in the prairies my entire Mm -hmm. life, so I don't fully understand the implications of a high tide in terms of, like, I guess danger or a reason to not stay. 
around. Yeah, well, it seems to be like I, I'm at because well, low tide. There's you know the water is. I, I guess think, you can see everything. Yeah, it's more visible, and I'm I'm gonna guess calmer. So when the tie is high, there's a little more risk. There's a little less chance of success. There has whatever to be, your right? endeavors are. Yeah. Yeah. Then they say, but I'm holding on. Right. Because it seems to be like tide is high, which would be a reason to let go, but I'm not going to. Or like mm-hmm. to not stick around or and to this is, leave. This is one I misheard for my whole life. I always thought as the tide is high and I'm moving on, which is completely opposite that is to what this is. also the lyric that was in my head. And it took me like several days of this week to weed it out. Because I was like, I still haven't along. weeded it out. <laughs> yeah. And I probably haven't either. But um, I'm getting better. Yeah. But like, I, and I don't really know why because it doesn't make sense, but I guess that happens all the time with lyrics. They yeah, just get just, in your head and don't need to make any sense. They don't need to because it's just music, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, tie to tie, but I'm holding on. It's, it's very, it's four lines that are like, things are, it, it, there's, it's dangerous, it's risky, and it might not work out for me, but I'm yeah. going to stick but around. But he's determined. And I think yeah. part of like the other, um, side of it with the tide is that it inevitably does change and it mm-hmm. always changes so there's kind of that right. aspect to it too and he's yeah. confident that it will happen even though it's difficult right now yeah that idea of the time being sort of in flux uh, or change being a key factor comes in uh, a little bit later in the song not in this next verse though which says it's not the things you do that really hurts me bad but it's the way you do the things you do to me i'm not the kind of man who gives up just like that no no, this is like, um, I, I don't know if it's a quote from something, but it, it's definitely in uh, Across the Universe, the Beatles musical, mm-hmm. where they like have this, they, okay, I don't want to describe too many of the characters, but the two male leads are like at the American guy's house with his parents, and he's mm-hmm. kind of from a rich family, and they're having this whole conversation about like, whether like your actions or your intentions are what matter or something. Right. And then like the British guy gets pulled into it, Jude. And he's like, surely it's not what you do, but how you do it. Uh, it reminded me of that. I don't think it's that philosophical, but. Oh, I think that's the idea. <laughs> yeah. Behind, like similar. Uh, it's, you know, it's maybe a little watered down. Yeah. It had me think of the, the line from the heart of glass. It's just no good. You teasing like you do. It seems to be, loving things done from a, 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 a almost malicious perspective right okay i see what you're saying yeah like I'm, i don't mind that you're doing that so much but mm-hmm. i know that you're doing it for a bad reason and, yeah, it's and the way it you do things it's not the things themselves and then we get the the refrain line i'm not the kind of man who gives up just like that yes that we see a lot yes which, I mean, we, the persistence of the line kind of mirrors the persistence of the idea behind the line of not giving up. Yeah. Look at that. That's probably, I don't know, a bit of and a And then stretch, we get but... the, the sort of full chorus. It's interesting that the first verse is also, like, mostly the chorus. In fact, True. it pretty much is. The structure on this lyrically is not quite your, like, verse-chorus structure. Yeah, it's a little bit um, it's, it's odd. It's kind of more freeform. There's yeah, lines that are repeated. Hasn't even made an attempt at like structuring it. Either Not in this like, version. Some of the other yeah. versions try, but it's a little iffy. Mm-hmm. Um, so the tide is high, but I'm holding on. I'm gonna be your number one, number one, number one. Repeating 
the the idea. I'm gonna stick around and be the very best. Like no one ever was. <laughs> to earn your love is my real test. To train you is my cause. Huh? That doesn't sound good. No, 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 no. Every uh, man wants you to be his girl, but I'll wait, my dear, till it's my turn. Refrain. I'm not the kind of gal gives up just like that. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, love really hurts without you. Oh yeah. It's like this is like a very desirable person, and they person seems to be somewhat accepting of that um which makes mm-hmm. this um narrator feel a bit sad in this one a little more positive though because he's like it's fine because you're just so great i can wait yeah i know this is gonna happen yeah he's, i'm gonna have my turn so one confident two i don't know how long does your turn last like yeah well maybe that's just it that's part of the tide thing like it comes and goes right But he seems to be okay with that. And maybe this person's so great that it doesn't matter. Any time is worth it. Yeah, exactly. Just just get a chance to 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 be number one there. Mm-hmm. And then is that that's like all of the unique uh lines. Yeah. It's basically like there's two verses basically with a refrain mm-hmm. at the end that gets put at the end of a lot of stuff. And yeah. then there's kind of the chorus or the hook, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the, with the, the tide, tide is high. high. Um, and then they repeat that, like, at the end, a lot. Tide yeah. is high, but I'm holding on. I'm going to be your number one. That's, that's it. It's a very, very simple song. Just, I'm going to keep holding on and, and get that love, baby. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's also, like, almost not a rhyme. Like, on and one don't really rhyme, but, like, it still kind of works as that. I don't yeah. really know why. Because um, yeah. one of the weird things about it is on and one are spelled very similarly, but they're not really pronounced that similarly. Because one is one, one and on. Like, on. it's a different vowel sound. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a weak rhyme, but, like, it works. Yeah, I guess, like, when you Maybe sing it's the it, you can kind of, you know, cheat it, grease it up a little to make it sound similar. Yeah, on and, like, one. On. Number one. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take that much, I guess, but. Yeah, definitely worth noting there. With that, we're going to talk about all the fun noises in this, most prominent of which is the violin, I think. Yes, the violin is a very cool sound. It's kind of an, I don't know if it's actually an older style. The whole song really sounds old because it is. Oh, yeah. But right, also. Yeah, right down to the recording yeah. quality, right? Yeah, the recording quality seems low and I. It's tough to say with 1967 recording, but I'm pretty sure I've heard like more expensive, higher quality recordings from that time period. And mm-hmm. this seems like it wouldn't surprise me if this was lower budget. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, everything about it sounds old. It's a very like high frequency kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. like there's not a lot of that bass. Um, and that's really part of the, I think violin sound too like you really get that that high end mm, on the yeah violin. it's not a it's not a round sound it's quite yeah. high up so and it comes in playing very fast yeah like a really quick back and forth on the pattern it's doing mm-hmm, for a while and it's kind of playing that like progression of which is really the like the core of the song because this is i think in accordance with the style which is kind of the ska rock steady and then 
later reggae style it's very based on like they create this like background and like that stays there for mm-hmm. most of the song yeah and they sort of just like sing over top of this like very rhythmic groove they establish mm-hmm. and they're also like they're a vocal group really i think first yes and they foremost. are so the the band on this is actually uh, i mentioned it in the intro it's uh tommy mccook and the supersonic band Tommy Along with a man cool. named White Rum Raymond, who plays the plays violin. The violin. Yeah, so these three guys that are like the Paragons or the Fabulous Paragons, depending <laughs> on which version I saw, um, they're kind of yeah, they are singing these harmonies, and a lot of the focus of the song. Well, maybe that's not accurate to say. I don't know what focus, but a lot of the song is kind of their harmonies, and they do sing it in an interesting way. Because mm-hmm. while they sing harmonies, they're not all singing in time with each other. Like, it's yeah. sort of, the words are sort of weaving in and out of each other. And it's kind of a subtle effect, but they aren't singing at the same rate. I guess it's the same rate, but, like, the words don't last the same amount of time. So it's it's interesting. And they're all kind of harmonizing with each other as well. Right. So it's a, it's a neat effect. And I, I don't know if, there's, I'm sure there's a name for it. I don't know what it's called. But. I don't know. Yeah, it's sort of, it's almost like if you took the sloppy timing of sort of the, the more punk style backup vocals and harmonization, but with right. actual like. With like, actual like you hit the note and you actually yeah. like make a chord with the three of them. It's like mm-hmm. punk barbershop. Yeah, punk barbershop. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It is like that. Um, and it's a cool effect. Like. The way it kind of slides in and out sort of reminds me of um, Heroes, like the guitar at the beginning of Heroes. Right. Because there's sort of three or so guitar tracks that are not quite at the same time, and they kind of have that... It's not as, like, ethereal as that, but I think it has a similar essence. Right. It plays to that same sort of, like, like expanding the soundscape. Yeah, even though it's a pretty limited, like, soundscape just because of the lower quality well yeah just the recording recording. technology but it's a cool effect yeah um so along with obviously a skank guitar on this because obviously yes um, and i think a piano as well yeah you are correct there is a piano in here it's not too noticeable yeah for the the most part that part the like kind of skank part sort of blends together Mm -hmm. so i definitely heard the piano more than the guitar but i'm sure that would vary from person to person right um, one thing I focused on was the bass line, which is again another just repeated riff. It's sort of like four notes fast, and then a couple of longer holds. That's like so it's like four, and then it does like a little either pattern upwards or downwards, just kind of with the progression. Yeah. Um, and then very very simple drums on here. I think they're just hitting the the skank notes. Yeah, there's not a ton of percussion. And I guess the other part of it is a lot of it sort of falls into the background or is a little muddy. Mm-hmm. Um, it has some of the quality of these older style recordings where things are more separated. Right. And, I mean, it's less of like this full soundscape. And I think they're working with a sort of narrower frequency band anyway. Mm-hmm. But it does get a little muddy, um, particularly with everything that isn't the vocals. So Yeah. Um, those are the big, but there's an instrumental break in this, I believe, about halfway through the song. Is it a violin solo? 
Um, I wouldn't call it a solo just because the other instruments right. are rolling it in there. It doesn't really but... do like its own thing. It just kind of plays the instruments and you can... I don't know how you dance to Rocksteady, but... I'm sure you would. Like you dance. Yeah, to you can music. get a, a pretty a pretty slow rhythmic dance to this. Um, yeah. yeah, around the 135, if you want to hear it. I guess it is kind of a violin solo. Yeah, it goes it's, up real high there. It's not like a, it's not like shredding the violin or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just it's yeah, it's quite slow, but it's certainly not the basic pattern. It's not just imitating the vocals. It is like riffing a little, doing its own thing. Yeah, I guess so. You know what the violin in this song reminds me of? Mm. Um, you know the Van Morrison song Ballerina. No, not okay. offhand. It's, it's off of Astral Weeks. It's like nine minutes long or something like that. Oh no, that's Madame George. Okay, it's not ridiculously long, but I feel like it's longer. Um, but there's a. Am I thinking of Madame George or Ballerina? Anyway, listen to Astral Weeks, and you'll hear a violin. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind Astral of got Weeks that like high, higher with. frequency sort of focus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, it's Madame if- George. I wonder if there was a focus with older music on hitting the high range just because that carried better onto old recordings. I definitely older recordings seem to have more focus on, yeah, higher frequencies. And I'm sure bass recreation wasn't super great, so. Yeah. Hmm, we need a historian or something. Yeah, if only. But here's my one thought. This is a... So this is a song about a a person being very resolute, but the nature of the the music itself is quite laid back. Yeah, and I don't know if that's just a byproduct of sort of that's the style. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I've always associated with reggae. Maybe not. I mean, I haven't associated much with rock steady. I'll, I don't know a lot of rock steady. Yeah, but I it mean, doesn't... this is Rocksteady and ska, and ska certainly can be very energetic, at least in the like punk ska uh, version of that. So, but it is, it is very laid back. Yeah, and it's uh, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily feel at odds with the lyrics, and I I don't know how my brain is resolving that. How it's like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, this checks out. I mean, a lot of the song revolves around this sort of cool confidence and mm. and inevitability. So it's almost like there's nothing to be done. Right. Um, other than like holding on. So I think it does make sense to a degree because there's no urgency necessarily. It's gonna happen when it happens and it's right. gonna happen. It's not no dramatic. He's, yeah. gonna, he's just gonna hold in. I'm waiting, I'm singing sort of this laid back tune while I kill the time. So yeah, I th- I think it works. Yeah. Right on. Um, yeah. It's very simple. I don't have much else to say it about is. this one. I mean, I want to shout out, and I like to shout this out when it happens, and it seems to happen a lot, um, but the the main like hook line of mm-hmm. just Titus High, but I'm holding on, I'm going to be your number one, is, is another example of just a very catchy line. Oh, it's yeah. It's not complicated. It's very short. It's not even like that dynamic in terms of like the notes that are being sung it's but it it just sticks in your head somehow and and it's another thing that i can't explain but yeah like that's been in my head basically all week yeah and part of it i'm like walking around the house singing it i'm like why (laughs) no no i'm like take a shower i don't like the song that much it's good but i'm like (laughs) I'm crazy just, about it. It is just stuck in there. 
And obviously, yeah. as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, yeah, it's this song. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's very, it's, like, shockingly recognizable for yeah for what it is, which is seemingly not that much, but mm-hmm. I don't know. With that, we're going to move into some shockingly recognizable covers, starting out with Blondie in 1980. What's going on, Blondie? Haven't talked about them for just about two weeks. Yeah. Blondie, of course, the new wave band from i guess based out of new york fronted yeah. by debbie harry a One famous Deborah person harry. who has blonde hair yeah famous for her blonde hair for her blonde hair or at least i don't know maybe she dyed it or bleached it or whatever yeah this is one of those fun bands where if you go and look at the comments in like youtube videos they'll be like oh my god blondie is so hot and you're like well, blondie's <laughs> like, the band yeah yeah, that is that is definitely happens a lot. I'm like, because ah, you gotta. I mean, you don't have to correct people, obviously. I guess, but it's not that big a deal. And like, she never like identified as Blondie. It's not like Alice Cooper where he changed his name. Yeah. And like Alice Cooper the band, Alice Cooper the man are sort of two different things. She's mm-hmm. not Blondie. She's the lead singer of the band Blondie. She even had her own solo career because this is the band Blondie, and Debbie Harry is a separate thing. So there's Debbie yeah. Harry albums as well, but anyway. And she's done work with other bands, one of whom we'll be talking about soonish. True. A little classier, though. Yeah. Um, um, so when we talked about Heart soon. of Glass, we did. I mentioned uh, a Beatles story where John Lennon wrote Ringo Starr a, a letter being like, you should write music like this, you, you daft bitch. <laughs> Minus the insult, but he was like, you should write songs like Heart of Glass, Ringo Starr. Um, in a 2006 interview with Rolling Stone magazine, Sean Lennon, John Lennon's child, had said this. He said, uh, my father had an old Wurlitzer in the game room of our house on Long Island. It was filled with 45s, mostly Elvis and the Everly Brothers. The one modern song I remember him listening to was The Tide is High by Blondie, which he played constantly. When I hear that song, I see my father, unshaven, his hair pulled back into a ponytail, <laughs> dancing to and fro in a worn-out pair of denim shorts, with me at his feet, trying my best to coordinate tiny limbs. So John Lennon, just a big Blondie fan. Apparently, a big Blondie fan. Well, we know he liked um, the B-52s. So I think, like, New Wave and stuff was just, like, seemed to be very interesting to him. Right, must have just just connected with him. Yeah. But I guess he was kind of always a pop musician, so... Makes sense. Yeah, I guess Uh, it does make sense. I just never associate his music with that, like... Yeah, because he didn't, like, do that or anything. Mm -hmm. He just seemed to like it and talk about it and write people letters about it because that was yeah. what you did back then to tell someone something at a distance. Yeah, bro, you should write Art of Glass. Sincerely. John Sincerely, Lennon. Like, John Lennon. All right, then. Um, All right. So, yes, this one actually, similar to Heart of Glass, opens with drums, or at least similar to the disco version of Heart of Glass, opens with, like, some drums. Yeah, I guarantee you um, it's very that different, same though. drum machine gets used in this song that was used on Heart of Glass. You think so? I think at one point there's a sort of let me it's not it's not like this percussion off the bat, right. but somewhere in the middle of there there's something that's very like tick, 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 tick. 
I mean, if someone had, like, they had it around. This was only yeah, a couple years later. Yeah, they just later, bought so. it and threw it out. Like, all right, that was fun. Don't need this, like, so pro- probably very expensive piece of equipment because it was a synthesizer in the late 70s. So mm-hmm. it was not cheap. I remember we watched that uh, I Dream of Wires documentary on Netflix a while yeah. back. And they were, like, talking about selling these synthesizers for, like, $10,000. Like, we went to this music festival with all these hippies and we were selling these things for like $10,000 each or something like some ridiculous price. Yeah. I was like, people were just paying that. Cause like that, that was even more money back then. And <laughs> it sounded like the place they were going was not a place where wealthy people were. Yeah. Anyway, it was very strange. Yeah. It just seems crazy that you could go to a, fe- um, can you imagine going to any festival now and just being like, seeing Hey, a I got this like $10,000 instrument. It's a completely new instrument. You'd be like, all right, buddy, <laughs> instrument no one's ever seen before whatever you're like i'm gonna you pass say, on dude, that thanks it's gonna not give you ten thousand dollars yeah um but anyway uh so synthesizers were expensive and that's totally off topic yeah um, one more thing before we get back sure. on topic here because sure. we're gonna be talking about some instrumentation um they so uh debbie harry and chris stein heard this song on a compilation tape they picked up in london and then decided to record it based on that. They originally asked the British ska revival band The Specials to back Debbie Harry on this, but The Specials declined to do so. Did you say ska revival? Yeah, ska revival. Okay, I guess it was 1980. Ska was um, dead in the 80s, so you had to revive yeah. it. Um, That's unfortunate. Of course, it probably doesn't give a reason. Maybe they were just busy. Yeah, it might have been just the scheduling but, uh, conflict. Or maybe they were like, Blondie's not punk enough. Yeah, For after Heart of Glass, ska. they're like, we can't be associated with this. No, thank you. Disco? Please. More like disc, no. <laughs> um, so this is, like, really this, in a lot of ways, feels just like a higher production version of the original with a yeah, gender with, swap. Like, more, yeah, with more reggae. It definitely mm-hmm. has the, like, reggae sound that we've come to Yeah, particularly with in it. that percussion right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also like a boing sound. Boing. I don't know what that is, but uh, it's fun. That's new wave, baby. That's new wave. Um, and steel drums. Mm-hmm. So you get steel drums playing like the the tide is high melody. And they do have horns and violin, so they kind of, I guess, yeah, a bit of that ska too. Yeah, big horn section on this, and then that violin stays, which is uh. Interesting. I, I would have thought that would have left after the original, but it actually sticks around for quite a few versions. It's not the same, though. I mean, obviously, this is, like, what, 13-odd years later, so... Yeah. Better recording quality. Also, it's recorded in America, or maybe the UK, I don't know, but by uh, a famous band who has money backing it. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Um, What's the... So, like... There's a, I think, a, is it a vibraphone? Is that what a xylophone is classified as? Um, I think a vibraphone might be. A, I can never remember what the general term is. Yeah, but, uh, I think a vibraphone is a large glockenspiel. Okay, well, there's some kind of you know mallet on little keys kind of instrument that yeah. seems to punctuate the end of lines here. The don't don't don't. Yeah, it sounds like a xylophone or a marimba or something. Yeah. Um, and it actually does a little uh, downward transition into the the every I guess the every girl verse on this one. That's the only lyrical change on this is she's swapped the genders to to be Debbie Harry appropriate. Right. 
Um, yeah, uh, she sings it very laid back as well. Yeah, and it's a uh, very, I mean, it's very different from Heart of Glass. It's a lot less filtered. Yeah, it's not quite as harsh as a song like Call Me. Yeah, so she's, this is kind of like the third side, I guess, of her vocal uh, moods. I don't know how many there are. Um, yeah. But I I watched some of a live performance, and she sung it more. It sounded more Debbie Harry. You know, she okay. can kind of get that, I don't know what it's called. Like, there's a quality to her voice that you really get in, like, um, 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 the other song that they're known for that we haven't mentioned yet. Um, one way or another. One way or another. Yeah. Where she gets that like one way, kind of like digs into the notes. Oh it yeah. It's more like that in the live versions. Um, but yeah, this is like very laid back, and I guess you can get that kind of close mic, turn it up sort of thing when mm-hmm. it's not live. Um, what I noticed was interesting about her vocal performance on this. If you go to around like three forty nine, is where she starts to go up on some of the lines that it's right. very very patty smith styled that is yeah i didn't think of it when she goes then she goes uh or whatever yeah. is she saying yeah. words at the time I, th- I think yeah the tide is huh? Huh? yeah it sounds like it sounds like a fucking what's it horses the gloria or yeah, horses gloria. as well it's, it's it, like it's a patty smith move she does it on a lot of songs it does yeah, so I guess it's 1980, so there would be Patti Smith stuff by then, so interesting. Yeah, And they were all, I think, thing. New York-based. Yeah, so it's a little, a little cross. Maybe. A little yeah. cross-pollination going on. A little cross-pollination. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds a little funny. Um, I, I, for some reason, don't like, like her first line she sings in this song. But like after that, it's fine, and I don't, I don't, I can't describe it. I, I think I just took some time to come around because we just did more interesting, maybe blondie vocals, and this is more laid back. And it took me a minute to be like, yes, this is how Debbie Harry sings in this song. Right. I, I don't know why, uh, but it all sounds fine now. And I was trying to like find reasons, like pick out parts, and like this is what I don't like, this is what I don't like, and then I just couldn't find anything. So maybe I shouldn't be so negative. Yeah, maybe. Um, I was talking about that, what I think is the electric drum. It's really just this, like, if you go to around 10 seconds, it's pretty easy to hear. 10 seconds and right in early in the song. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, like, clicky. Yeah, and I, I just feel like that would be so easy to just knock out on that, that Roland they had. Yeah, definitely. Keep it in the keep everything in time whatever it's almost like click track but it's not mm-hmm. really um i guess other than that with the way she sings uh when they get the uh harmony vocals on yeah. particularly the chorus it's all kind of her double tracked but there's still backup vocals from the band and they're just doing like ooh, ah, yeah that like woo 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 from the original makes a return mm. mm-hmm and, and then a horn solo. Horn solo. Yeah, baby. So they keep that instrumental break, switch it from a violin solo to a uh, horn solo. Which, I mean, hell yeah, that's good fun. Uh, I should mention the bass line I was talking about on the original, I think I actually confused it with this one. 
Okay, I was a little curious about that. You're usually better at hearing bass lines. This one is like... And I couldn't hear that in the original. Yeah, I didn't hear that in the original either. Now that I think about it, I'm just an idiot. Sweet. In the original, I just heard like... Like... Kind of... And I feel like back then... Like, you can barely hear the bass anyway. Mm-hmm. So... You know, the rhythm really comes from kind of the, the skank. Yeah. Not so much the bass. So maybe that's why you don't focus on the bass as much. Yeah, maybe. So yeah, this one's really layered. And then similar to the original, we end on a fade out, um, a, like a bunch of instruments playing. And then you hear like some ah. high, high-pitched high laughter or something. A high-pitched scream right around like 4.30. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like a like a happy laugh kind of yeah you know hooliganism general hooliganism. hooliganism that's that's this one like I said it just seems like a high production version of the original yeah it's uh yeah that's a little more reggae and yeah. more like I guess Western palatable yeah I would that's, say yeah it's just been like kind of updated for a, a white audience really. And, uh, I mean, it obviously did very well, and it's a pretty good version of a pretty good song. I like Blondie. Yeah, I mean, Blondie's I like a good band. Song, so, they do a solid version of it. Yeah. Now, Alex, did you watch the music video for this? Did you watch both music videos for this? I did. I put them both in the, play, in the, the list. Oh, did you put them in the playlist? In the, on YouTube, yeah. On YouTube. Oh, uh, maybe not when you watch them, but they're both in there now. They're both in there now. Well, okay. So I, th- I I don't know exactly what happened, but for some reason on the Blondie Music Official uh, YouTube Yeah, it's like a lot of freeze channel. frames. Yeah, it's like, it's some of the original video, but mm-hmm. none of the interesting parts, and the rest of it is just shots of, like, them playing live, them yeah. recording, I think. Um, a shot of the, the cover of the single, but, like, extended. Yeah, so uh, it seems painted. Interestingly enough, I don't know if it's a yeah, photograph or I don't painting. know if it is, but um, yeah, it is. But maybe it's just because it's a close-up of it. Um, yeah. And it is, yeah, it it's strange because really all the... Oh, and also, like, the number one just floating around. Yeah, just superimposed over shots over, of like, Debbie Harry. <laughs> like, various shots of Debbie Harry that may be totally unrelated, and then it shows the band performing... Debbie Harry's got some steel drums. I mean, you watch like any Blondie video. We've seen four across two songs. Yeah. There is always copious amounts of just looking at Debbie Harry. I mean, folk, I mean, close-ups of Debbie Harry's face is probably what they sold the band on, like originally. Yeah, originally. So, it's like, look at this very attractive woman. Look, and everybody's like, out. okay, look, I would love to. Her makeup nice. Yeah? Yeah. Put a nice dress on her. But so the actual, the original music video, um, which I had a note on who it's directed by, but he's not actually anybody of note. Yeah, uh, I didn't so, look him uh, up. Hart Perry is his name. Um, yeah. It features the members of the band standing outside a New York apartment waiting for Debbie Harry to come out. Yeah, so for a little comparison of the, of the intro, in the apparently official version that's on the official channel, uh, the we'll say cut up version. Um, yeah. It it shows each of their faces, and then they look up, 
and then it freezes and then it cuts to the next one and they look up and it freezes and just does that for each band member whereas in the original it just pans over them and they like sequentially look up like yeah i don't know why they changed that yeah, it's, it's very it's odd. Very it would have been a good, like, if they put the name of the band member, it was like, the featuring so-and-so, this one, like, make it a little more cinematic that way. Yeah, it'd be kind of, yeah, like opening credits. Yeah. But anyway, so they're waiting for Debbie Harry. Then it shows Debbie Harry in some, allegedly an apartment, but it just looks like a house. Like, it yeah. doesn't look high up in the sky, but I guess I don't know what apartments look like in 1980. That's true. So. And um, I guess she must live by the river. Because this bad boy is flooding. <laughs> yes. The, the like, water effects go up the windows. And it's clearly just a close-up of, like, someone's fish tank. Because there's giant goldfish yeah. in her windows. Oh, also, the quality is really low. And what I have heard about this time period um, is that if you want to do, like, effects and stuff, it's a lot easier to film on videotape. Mm. Uh, which has a finite resolution. Which means that it's harder to upgrade to like 1080p or whatever okay um that's what i've heard for some of these effects will be created in that way it's easier to do on videotape as opposed to film um so that's what i think happens here because this video looks like shit (laughs) it looks like fucking garbage uh but it's just old and low resolution yeah so anyway this fish tank fills up outside of her apartment it's it looks like it's a second floor apartment you're right it's not very high up yeah i guess it doesn't have to be like tenth floor or anything, but yeah. Um, and then she, we like, we get see some water trickling in from one of the windows, genuine water, not some strange effects. And then we cut to what looks like Darth Vader in space, yeah, facing away at a projection from the camera. Of, yeah, facing away from the camera, so you don't you don't know for sure. But the Watching, back of the helmet, yeah, is Darth Vader. Is Darth Vader. Um, she's you see Debbie Harry. He's watching her, and we see later that it's some sort of like screen or like way for her to see way for him to see whatever he wants in other yeah places. it's like some hologram projection and also but, he's yeah viewing this in what is basically a brick apartment in space with a big hole out of it yeah and the screen is like like stars on a black like it looks like a, a flat painting of space sort of thing like it's black with various sizes of of white dots uh, yeah, stars. yeah 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 so it kind of looks like the first time i saw it because it's low resolution just looks like i was like okay now debbie harry's dancing somewhere else because it just looks like he's she's now with him in right a, in like a black room with with dots but yeah watching it again you can clearly she see that she's transparent and that she's not standing on the ground yeah so then we cut back to the apartment and she now realizes <laughs> that water is coming in and uh, she, she kind of is like, oh, no. And yeah. she keeps singing. And she's, yeah, just like puts her hands on her head like, oh, no. And then she wipes up the water and then wrings, wrings out, it out the fucking towel. <laughs> just on the floor where she's just, just on the floor. Out. Right beside this radio she has. <laughs> what are you doing, Debbie Harry? It's, it's pointless. <laughs> she's just like shrugging like, of course, it's not going to work. Yeah, and then we cut back out to the boys, where now we got a violin player with them. Who just joined them, yeah. You can't even really hear the violin at this point in the song. No. And then it cuts again to Darth Vader, who's watching the boys watching Debbie Harry's apartment. 
And then he switches back to the Debbie Harry channel because, quite frankly, it's a little more interesting. It's a little more interesting. Um, and then it kind of just shows her singing some more. Yeah. In her apartment, but it looks like a hallway in a museum. Like there's a painting on the wall. It doesn't look like an apartment. I think there's a little calendar to the right of that painting. It's a very strange, I guess, maybe old school layout, but it still doesn't. It's like a very large apartment. Yeah. And maybe that's what Debbie Harry would have. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. And like a lack of furniture in there. There's like that radio is just on the ground. Yes, they haven't shown any furniture. That's why it's weird. That's why it's strange. So then we cut back again to uh, Darth looking at Debbie Harry. And now there's like this like dancing light grid around her too. Which is like cool, I guess. Which, yeah, it's just like, well, we might as well chuck in some effects on this. Yeah, the like laser light show from the other version is maybe a little more interesting in terms of light shows, but it's yeah. not bad. And I, yeah, again, it's just like let's loop through some some footage of Debbie Harry. Then we cut to these two two boys in fedoras, who are unrelated to the band, but they were hanging out nearby. Finally, Debbie Harry gives up on her flooding apartment. And is just like, well, fuck it, I gotta. Oh go. no, this is the version with the laser light show. I'm crazy, man. You're crazy, Alex. So crazy. Yeah, she gives up on her apartment, walks out in a black coat with the boys. She's like, whatever, they, it's flooding. They get She's into a car on. and and drive to a a a space launch. Yeah, which I mean, that's like Florida, right? Yeah. <laughs> or Texas. Fuck, where do they launch? I think it's. A... I think it's Florida, right? Is that where NASA rockets? is? I mean, NASA's all over the place, but the launch, um, what's the one that known for? Cape, Cape, Cape Canaveral. Cape Canaveral's what I'm thinking of. I guess Cape it wouldn't Canaveral. have to be Cape Canaveral. But anyway, it goes to like a, ro- it, it shows footage of a rocket launch. Yes, and it is implied that the band is on that rocket. Because they they shoot into Darth Vader's apartment. Yeah, and honest, yeah, I didn't like pick up on that until the scene after. Because there's no shot that like shows them getting like on a entering, rocket. It shows them yeah. uh, in a taxi, and then it shows a shot of a rocket, and, yeah, then, and then it, it shows it just... them just on with Darth Vader. Like they bust yeah. through the wall. It's just a yeah. bunch of foam bricks. Clearly, sh- shithole apartment. Yeah, it's you kind of Debbie's like... apartment was bad. <laughs> The there's a music video for the Queen song Breakthrough. I don't yeah. know if you've seen it. It Queen is not. on a train a lot, and then at one point they break through, uh, like brick wall, but it's clearly just been made out of styrofoam and painted on the outside gray, uh, and probably carved to look like brick. But when they break it, you can see that it's white on the inside. <laughs> like it's just so obviously not concrete but anyway right um it's kind of like that it's really fake looking is yeah the point so they bust through here and then there's a bunch of like like women in single singlet bathing suits and they're yeah, lifting I think up they're a man actually, with like, no shirt on yeah you yeah no it's, shirt what, you think it's i think he's supposed to be a fawn or like a satyr or something because he i think okay. he might have a tail later sure so then debbie harry confronts darth vader and he turns around to show his his janky kind of like yeah he's pan face he's fucking pan man yeah that makes sense I, he's got like a microphone for a mouth yeah like... so he's legally distinct from from darth <laughs> vader but he's i i have to wonder if he's the reason that the video on the official channel is not does not feature any of this oh footage. yeah if it just didn't hold mustard they're like no that's the darth vader helmet you, <laughs> you, you guys. can't use short darth vader 
Yeah, and so then while this... Oh, you're right. He does have a tail, and he's playing the flute. Pan. You're correct. That, that shirtless guy is a satyr. And then, yeah, everybody's just dancing. Debbie Harry dances with not Darth Vader, TM. And TM. That's it. That's the video. And like, you've been watching us? Let's dance. What a ride. What a ride that video is. Yeah, I feel like, like there's a narrative there that they don't really take advantage of. Like, they don't gr- ever grasp that narrative really yeah like some things happen i have trouble combining it like someone watching them and also they go see that guy and just dance and like it doesn't it's not a satisfying conclusion to me but also what happened to the flooding stuff yeah like her apartment's flooding she's like she's like yeah, i guess fuck, i'll I leave go. yeah i'm just like nope not my problem anymore but also the outside of her apartment is filled with water, so it's clearly a metaphor for something. But I don't know what it is. Right, it's a, it's a metaphor for the tide being high, Alex. Well, of course, I should have known. This is, this is one where the director took a look at the first line. He's like, "I got it. Put some water in there <laughs> and you know send them to right space. Now? Star Why? Wars, baby. I mean, there's got to be a synthesizer in here because they go to space, right? Yeah. So it's a little unfocused. Um, it's kind of fascinating, though. Yeah. Because it's just weird and like I don't think it's very good though. No. It's seen, uh seen better. Yeah, seen I think better there are other videos that are better. Like I'm thinking of the Associates Heart of Glass version, which was like inscrutable, that carnival like living ground. Oh but, yeah. Like at least that one was crazy enough that I'm like, well, I'm intrigued. Whereas this one, like I feel like I loosely understand it and what the, the end goal was is not very good yeah but i i guess the alien guy is like i'm gonna get her debbie harry we're gonna get yeah, together but she just comes to him like okay the tide rises which is the the them launching in the rocket ship if um if- if there was just anything, I, like some, some like if if it was established that Darth was manipulating time and space to like affect Debbie Harry, like if he did something to the boys while they were waiting outside too, like set their pants on fire or something, I don't Other know. Than like just watching, yeah, like how do they know? How do they get to spit? Like maybe we don't need to know that. Actually, I'm just trying to I'm trying to give this video the benefit of the doubt, and honestly, I'm a little suspect of Darth's motives here. Like, what's he just watching people? Yeah, he seems like, kind of creepy. Not cool. That's not cool. Especially when he's got a whole party full of, like, women and, and you know, Pan behind and him. And the Greek god Pan. Or maybe not god. I don't remember. The, the, Pan. the little, oh, little tricky boy Pan. Pan, brackets, god. Oh, no, wait. Pan, ha- he's teaching Arrow. Yeah, I think he's got... Oh, everyone's got their dicks out. That's fun. If you're, if you're uh, like, if you're part of, like, Pan's personal entourage... Are you a panhandler? Um, I'm sure lots of people handled pan. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Alex, let's talk about the jazz passengers. Often affiliated with sex, according to this Wikipedia article. Jazz passengers. Jazz Um, passengers. fuck okay fuck okay i don't have very many notes on this one that's fine it's a it's i mean this is featuring deborah harry yes which i made sure it was the same debbie harry 
Yeah, because if you I check their uh, Wikipedia page, she's sure. referenced there and apparently became a fairly regular contributor to the band. Yeah, don't know much about the Jazz Passengers. It's a little more... It's like that harsher jazz style where you get that, like, really, like... I don't know. It's definitely... It's not smooth jazz. No, they kind of lean into the reggae uh, element of it. Definitely. Particularly with the percussion. It's, again, very... uh, It's very much in that style. A little bit of steel drum action. We got some very harsh uh, playing on the bass in the beginning. Yeah, I think that's... One of the big things I know when I'm saying this harsher jazz is like it you get like a bass just doing fucking whatever. It doesn't even sound like it's coalescing to a single rhythm, you know? Yeah, it does this big slide up. It's boom boom boom. And it sounds yeah, like everyone's goes, kinda doing digga, their digga, own digga, thing. Digga, digga, digga. And then you get, what you you get at the start here is actually like a horn intro. So this is, the band was founded by a saxophonist and a trombonist, I believe. So this is like their their contribution right at the start. And then a a Jamaican guy saying something about bomb out of here with that, with your saxophone or something. (laughs) Sure, yeah. And then you get a bunch of uh, harmonies in the vocals. Yeah, you also get a violin on this one. Oh, yeah, we can't drop the violin yet. It's only, no, what, not 1996? Yet. Um, and the, the backup Barely vocals on this years. are, like, very, I want to say, like, African choir style. Yeah, they have that aspect to them. Um, in the way that, like, I guess it was the mid-90s, so there was, world music was about. Yeah. So, I'm sure they were in higher demand. So yeah, the vocals are actually very like very soft and laid back on this compared to the sort of harsher instrumentals. And of course, Mrs. Question mark Ms. Whatever Deborah Harry uh, mm-hmm. joins as well and does some, I guess, yeah, solos. Everyone yeah, she's wants to be. she plays the drums on this mm-hmm. actually. Weirdly does enough, they, they didn't want her to sing. <laughs> what? No, I'm kidding. It's, I mean, she, she is in front of the steel drums in the music video. The oh, shit, there's a music video? video? No, 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 not this. Uh, oh, okay, okay, the, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you, I got you. I, I got don't you. know if she actually plays the steel drums. I she could, stands by she them. She probably does. There's definitely part of it where she's not playing the steel drums. But right. I mean, the, I'm, the, with the magic of movie editing, anything can be possible. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm just kind of noticing now. It's actually very soft. Like the beginning of the song is very like loud and and strange, and the ending of it gets quite cacophonous. But in the middle, it's all actually pretty sparse. Yeah, even though there is um, like we called it harsh, but it's not harsh like in terms of volume. It's kind of harsh in terms of the meter. Like it's it's jarring because it doesn't sound like it fits yeah because nothing traditional... ever stays quite yeah. regular yeah. except for the vocals yeah and then it kind of mellows out as you go yeah once it gets into it but that's kind of how the beginning goes and even then you'll get the percussion that's like kind of comes in at random oh now we're hitting the cymbal now we're doing this thing here's some like clackers yeah and then of course um like in the outro stuff there's a lot of like layering of those vocals and you get different parts and stuff someone's singing a really high part and then just kind of then the tide is high 
Harmonies. Lots of harmonies. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, We get another instrumental break on here. It starts with a saxophone doing a sort of walk down. And then a guy says, Rasta! Which is fun. It's around 2.15, if you're, if you're curious. I am curious. Thank you. Rasta. It's also like a really long walk down for that saxophone. Yeah. Just keeps going. Yeah. I thought a saxophone had about three octaves of range, so I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out if they're doing like the whole thing. But Yeah, listen, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. So I guess our ending of sort of segment is just the backup vocals. That the tide is high and I'm moving on. With just sort of instruments coming in, getting aggressive. Um, we get one sort of background vocal going up really high. It sounds feminine. I don't know if it's Debbie Harry, though. It doesn't really sound like her voice. She's... <sighs> oh, they're she actually she does come in near the end the... saying, The tide is high! Huh? But, but there's this other one going, yeah, singing that high part. She, I think she mostly just does kind of the the verses. Yeah, I think she's mostly there to do the the parts that sound like Debbie Harry. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So not really jazzy. This one. You got some jazz instruments. Not necessarily jazzy in like the identifiable like the jazz, style jazz, jazz, but yeah. I think there's there's jazz going on. It's just not exactly jazz that I would immediately identify as jazz. Right, fair sense. enough, Alex. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one's fine. It's just uh Yeah. It didn't really blow me away. I wish I for some reason, like I didn't put I, I think I made a note to go back and do this later, but I, I forgot. <clears throat> so um I listened to it a little bit, but not enough. Oh right. Well, I've yeah. done that. Uh, nonetheless, it was here, and it featured Debbie Harry, so that's interesting to see. Next, we're going to talk about Twiggy. Twiggy, but not that Twiggy. Not that Twiggy. Not, not Leslie not, Lawson. Nay, no, this Hornby. is... Twiggy from Kingston, Jamaica, similar to the Paragons. Um, she uh, is a singer-songwriter, I guess. Primarily does reggae, but, you know, she does other genres as well. This is her version. Yeah, sure is. Um, it kind of, it's also in 1996. It's a little more modern, but still kind of feels rooted in that, like, mid-90s Yeah, sound. there it, is, like, down to the vocal performance, there's a lot of, like, 90s vibe off of this and it doesn't sound that like foreign to me the way it's done i don't know exactly where all of her production would have been done and who would have been involved but it it sounds fairly like american pop to me yeah i think that's because it's a lot of it sounds electric there's like a very glittery synth doing these chords um the drum intro at the start sounds very out of place with the rest of the song just kind of like low, like a couple low hits on that drum. Ba-bum, ba-bum. And then it just comes with like a, that saxophone. 
Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's some like xylophone in this one too, definitely. Uh yeah. could be a synthesizer playing a xylophone sound. Yeah, that it's kind of covering that yeah. that rhythm. Yeah, it's kind of it's doing like double hits too though. It's going like on the yeah, on that backbeat, I guess. Mhm. Um so the beat is like the drums themselves kind of like a got that like hip hop beat going on, I think is what that is. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a harmonica that chirps in on this one. Is it a real? Oh, I was. I think it's a a at least a chromatic harmonica. Okay. Um, well, that, could that still be... falls under the category of harmonica? It does. It does. <laughs> um, could be a synthesizer. I was going right. back and forth on it, but it sounds believable enough. Yeah. Yeah. At the end so of the it'll day. just come in and like accompany the vocal melody for a bit. Um, which is primarily twiggy with backup vocals coming in sometimes for the, to repeat the last two words of a line. Yeah, emphasize the thing particularly like, number one. Number one. Exactly. Yeah. So and 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 like it's it's very very even very repetitive it's 345 like once we establish the the rhythm you get like that harmonica whether it's authentic or synth that like chirps in a bit we get a sax solo in the middle of this you get your backup vocals like it's very it's it's the tide is high by numbers here you're just swapping out elements yeah it just feels a lot more like mid 90s pop yeah um it does it has a saxophone solo which we've seen before mm-hmm. um or at least we've seen horn solos. Um, actually, this solo, if you go... Now, I'm going to listen to it again myself, see if it still d- reminds me of this. The Right around two minutes, the sounds the saxophone plays reminded me of Traverse Town theme from Kingdom Hearts. Ooh, it's been a while since I've yeah, played the, like, it. Yeah, the like... That's Traverse Town theme. But it's just like those three notes. They're like... Okay. Just three notes. Reminded me of Traverse Town. Yeah, shit, that happens. Um, Yeah, I don't, I don't know Traverse Town all that well. I, It is burned into my uh, brain. I know the Billy Joel song, Traverse Town. Is there a Billy Joel song called Traverse Town? And we're living here in Traverse Town. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, of course. Classic Billy Joel. Um, based, of course, um, on the Kingdom Hearts series. That's right. <laughs> you wrote it after playing Kingdom Hearts 2. Yes. Um, she does a few, yeah, a few, like, uh, some ad-libs and stuff. Okay, yeah, I, I'm just listening to Traverse Town. I can kind of. It's kinda like a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Oh, yeah, okay. it's it's just there. It's yeah, I hear yeah. it. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Um, I like her voice in this. I like the way she sings it. I think, yeah, I think that she's got a good voice. Like she keeps it laid back, but compared to Blondie, manages to keep it laid back, but still inject some like energy into it a bit of power i think she's working with a lower vocal range yeah maybe that's what it is but i think it works a little better than the way debbie harry sings it Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily think it is better than the blondie version just 
Yeah. Well, I think maybe like uh, Blondie has a much more vibrant uh, backup track, like a much more vibrant instrumental section to fall back on. True. So there's less kind of focus on the on the vocals. Yeah. So like like Debbie Harry can phone it in a little and the the (laughs) instruments will pick up the rest. Just just a little bit. Just a little bit. Whereas here, it's uh, it's quite sparse in the instrumentals. I don't think that, like, maybe the tones were cutting edge and quite good in 96, but they don't quite hit the same way now. Yeah, there's definitely, like, particularly, like, the electric piano sound. It's kind of like, yeah, all right, whatever. We get it. Yeah. I'm actually surprised none of these have, like, a really gritty organ. Yeah. Maybe I'm sure there's some out there. There was some, I don't know. There were a couple like there's Jamaican f- versions. There were more Jamaican versions. I didn't put them on, yeah. Uh, or I took them off the playlist because um, I were too many songs. Just too many. Yeah, to there cover was more quite stuff. a few covers of this and covering yeah. multiple languages, including the next one we're about to talk about. Do you think it's Nadia Roja? Um, yeah, probably. Sure, Nadia Roja in 1996. I don't know. Ro- is it Rojas? R O J A S. I don't know. Uh, n- Wait a minute. Rojas. Spi- no, no, that doesn't sound right. I didn't say it out loud before. Now that I said it out loud, I- I'm trying to remember the rules for pronouncing J's in Spanish, and I don't know them. So let's just turn it into an H sound. Wait, we'll turn it into an American name. Nadia Rogers oh, in 1996. Rogers. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think they would say the S sound. You'd think you'd say that S? I don't know. Let me let me think of the Spanish I know. I can't think of any Spanish. Aloha. Oh, no. <laughs> Buongiorno. Okay, uh, hang on. I got a how to pronounce for Rojas. Oh, hang on. New Spanish knows they seem to leave the letter S out. Uh, Venezuelan seems to leave the S, and sometimes other letters the same as common as other stuff. Um... Definitely something that's predominant in the Caribbean. Who is Spanish Harlem? You hear the Japanese Rojas. Time. So you hit the S, but the, the, the J is an, a, an H. That makes sense. It sounds to me that it depends. And I, I mean, I guess there's a lot of Spanish dialects. Oh, jeez, Alex. So the answer is we don't know, but Rojas sounds about right. Rojas. I'm using pronouncenames.com as my source here. Okay. I believe it. Anyway... And Nidia is their recommended pronunciation of Nidia. her Nidia first name. Rojas. So Nidia Rojas, Rojas in 1996. We got there, baby. All right. So she- is Spanish, but she's actually American. Yeah, born, born in America. Um, her parents are like Mexican and Cuban or whatever. Yeah, she specializes in Mexican folk songs, although she does a variety of genres. Obviously, yeah. this one falls under that. She's actually retitled it uh, La Numero Uno, the number one. Yes, which is the first line she sings in the song, so there seems to be some shifting around. Yes. Um, I, I, I Google translated the lyrics. As did I. I can't... Oh, do I have them here? I can't find um, them. Do you have them I, I've here? got them from a, like a Yahoo Answers page that I have Google's translated. Okay. So, so according to Billy Tickle, who, who wrote it in 
Spanish, and then I translate it through Google. The song goes like this. The number one I will be in your love. I'm going to love you with my heart. You will see that no, I'm not one of those who surrender. Oh no. Ooh. It's not what you provoke that turns me on like that, but your mouth, what is my frenzy? I will never be another one on your list. Oh no. And then we get number one, I'll be in your love. I'm going to love you with him, heart, number one. Every girl wants be his love, but they don't have what I have because I know well that you are going to end up adoring me. Oh yeah. So taking out the roughness of Google Translate, it's pretty much the yeah, same song. Same thing. More focus on the number one. And that does happen. Yeah. There's um, at least one version that's not on here that's more of a sample. But, uh, um, or an interpolation or whatever. But they take the number one concept, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be your number one. Um, and that seems to be what happens here. I also like what she does. So to jump ahead a bit, um, for the number one line, mm-hmm. instead of saying number one, because now she's working with a lot more syllables or a couple more syllables. So she yeah. splits it up. She says numero uno instead of number one twice. Oh, yeah. So she just does that section twice. And- so I think, so obviously good change. Um, but pretty great. Yeah. So good it opens idea. up with uh, like uh, sort of percussive stringing. It's very muted. Yeah, that style of guitar playing. Don't know what it's called. Um, and then kind of continues to sort of do that, but it's not muted anymore. Yeah, so you get a very fast rhythm guitar setup, um, and then some like xylophone, I think, followed by horns. Yeah, yeah. So you get that brass. She was. Yeah. I mean, she like practiced music and played a lot with like mariachi groups. So it's that sort of instrumentation. Yeah, it's really in that Mexican folk vein. Um, the other thing, what I kind of like what they've done, they kind of they have like shaker melody. Uh, melody, shaker rhythm. Yeah. Um, and it it plays on the like backbeat, so it kind of preserves the skank with right, but also sort of downplays it, so it feels definitely more in this like Mexican music style, but mm-hmm. also keeps that part of the rhythm um and it's kind of neat right so whereas like the the jazz passengers jazz was sort of overrun by the reggae influences this one manages to kind of tuck them in and make them look like a different genre yeah and i don't know how common that would be in the actual traditional music but yeah nor do i it works here yeah, and, and like it's obviously I don't word for word understand what she's singing. I, you you know the 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 main line. Yeah, the number one. Idea. She says the no, she says number one. Um, um, it's got your harmonies on it. I don't know if it's double tracked or if she's got another person on there, but again, very faithful to the original. Yeah, and also uh, I guess the other thing you get because you have the brass instrumentation, they're doing mm-hmm. very similar uh, stuff to what they were doing in the Blondie version. Yeah, and there is a lot of like backup choral work here. They do the woo 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 since I'm ah! mm-hmm. and yeah, it's a. It, I mean, it continues in that style, and it's a pretty yeah. solid like style change. Yeah, this version actually very... has like kind of a breakdown. Yeah, um, a little about bit like later, two forty seven, yeah. I think. So. Like one of the verses is done in that style, and you just kind of have that sort of um, muted 
guitar strumming for that again and then it sort of all comes back in so changing it a bit um adding kind of to the structure of it um to be maybe more it i mean what i would associate with like pop songs mm-hmm. so that's yeah something. this one sounds good to me did you see the music video for this one alex it, i didn't it's it just like auto played it for me after hmm. after this one. It's uh she's in like this Mexican uh like town or village, and I guess there's like a festival going on. Some dudes are making shaved ice. She's dancing around the town wearing like a black dress. Then there's also shots of her on like some kind of like farm or fieldscape with a with a laundry line and a lot of like blue plants, like maybe like a lavender or something. Maybe they're actually purple and the colors just off. Um, she kind of just like runs around flirting with either the same dude or s- multiple dudes. I kind of like half watched it, and uh, f- from there, like eventually, the whole town starts dancing and singing. Um, occasionally, there's shots of her wearing like a suit, and then sometimes also wearing that suit and sombrero, kind of similar to the the cover art here on the YouTube video that you you right. used for this. But it's a uh, like orangey, a little little different color. Um, we get shots of the band playing. She comes and hangs out with this mariachi band for a bit. She's laying in like a like a field of lavender or something. Yeah, it's very uh, like bluish or purple. Yeah, she uh she, she plays with that laundry line a lot. There's a lot of shots with her like behind the laundry. Eventually, she takes some laundry off the thing. It's uh, it is a music video, Alex. This is it is. I'm watching it. I'm yeah, it turns it, just everything turns into a party, and then it becomes like an old school recording that's like kind of faded, and then it fades out. I think. Yeah, and then it, yeah, it just like fades out on this this dude carrying some big thing. I don't know what the fuck it is. It looks like a lot of flags. Yeah, a lot of flags maybe, and then yeah, then that one last shot of her in her sombrero and suit outfit. And then we're out, baby. Didn't expect a music video. No, I don't mean either. It mm. just came up, and I was like, it started playing. I was like, what the fuck? Did it play another song where she uses the exact same intro? And then it was <laughs> th- a music video. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and it's a pretty cool translation to another style. Not one we've talked about much. No. So, but of course, cool. don't know much about the style True. all that much. And it's one of many uh, uh, like other language covers outside of English language, including the next one we're talking about, Seed. Seed with three Seed. E's. 2000. Yeah, there are German. Yeah. Um. Apparently, they have eleven band members. Eleven band members. Three singers, a horn section, and a DJ. That's correct. Um. Also, they're apparently reggae and dancehall artists, and dancehall is another genre I don't really understand. Yeah, um, it's sort of like connected to reggae. Yeah. But kind of it's... a more like modern version of that. Is dance hall what has a, a DJ but spelled out like D E E space J A Y? Maybe, because then one of the things is sort of what uh, I think I've 
I've pieced it together here. It came up in my research of the original. So DJ specifically refers to a reggae or dance hall musician who sings and, quotes toasts to an instrumental rhythm. Rhythm spelled R-I-D-D-I-M. Right. So, and what I found out toasting is, is sort of talking in like a, a monotone melody, which I think happens at the start of this one. Okay. Like, so, like a hype man? Yeah, and so it'd be like, uh, so it doesn't happen right at the start because they do this radio, but like 14 seconds, that guy coming in, I, I, I'm Did guessing, see, I might not yo? be right. I think he's doing toasting. Okay. Um, so that might be some of that dance hall element. All right. I believe that. Um, so it opens with basically like the, I mean, it's kind of a cliche, like the radio tuning thing where they're like going between channels and like you hear a couple things. Yeah. Um, and then they focus on the song and then the song plays. Usually the filter kind of opens up. Yeah. Over a couple seconds. Um, yeah, they come in, like the drums come in and the bass comes in. It's more like hip hop sounding. Yeah, this um, guy says, listen, this is Seed, y'all. Coming up yeah. with a classic. It's Lyrical classic. Highness. Nuff said. Um, yeah. It's also, you also get in the background, uh, somebody is singing the, um, the I guess the chorus. Yeah. What's going on in the chorus? Sorry. Uh, well, they're singing it underneath yes. the hype man. And that's kind of like the back backing of the song. Right. And it's very slow. Like it sound it's it's very slowed down. Uh, this version's like, very laid thing. back. A very very easy bass line on this. There's some like ambient sort of like stringed instrument synth going on. Yeah, and like even the singing feels like a little more monotone. Yeah. Um, well, we get basically rapping in the verses, which is in German. Yes, German rapping, which is very yeah. Very different. I mean, it's a like different song. Um, I have a Google translated version of the lyrics. Oh, good. I would love that. Uh, part one. Uh, he was sitting in the corner, checking nothing more, rowing around in a boat on his sea of tears. The love of his life had left him. Well, that's why he actually want. He wanted to actually she and don't hate yourself, baby. Don't do that to me because I can be a lot better. He thought, but with that he caught her. Well, that's just life like that. There must be tremors now. And then still, did you stand in the sun? Uh, there comes the rain. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, I mean, some of that was Moon Man talk and because <laughs> of the translation. And right. some of it was a guy who's sad about, um, about a breakup. So, yeah. Right. Someone left he's, him and he's 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 drowning in his tears while he's rowing around. But right, so yeah, the tide here being due to emotional strife. Yeah. Um, okay. And then actually, there's more to that. Apparently, there's a break, but it seems to be part of the same section. If he does something sovereign, would only back was actually he doeses, who bought the woman to cry. Brought sorry, brought the woman to cry. Okay. Um, yeah. Or J J E H. Don't know. Um, I guess maybe they didn't translate that. 
Maybe. I Maybe that's a... Uh, or Jay, after strategy, Nen sometimes made joke. But anyway, whether as heartbreaker or clown, he was about 100 per of all boys hippest in town. There's a rhyme for you. If so, stay up, he turns on the radio, and then his favorite song is playing. The time is high, but I'm high, and then it goes into the hook. Okay, this is so maybe that's why they play the radio at the start too. Because he's listening to it on the radio. He's, yeah, we're, we've we've created a narrative here in which the, the mm-hmm. song "The Tide Is High" exists within this cover. That's kind of cool. Yeah. All right. So he's just listening to the song, and he's like, "Yes," and maybe it's inspiring him to. Yeah. Be better. To to hold on to, or to and to on. persevere. Yeah. So there you go. Right on. That's positive. Yeah. Um, there's some stuff in that chorus. Uh, there's like some laser synth sounds right at the start. You get the like, yeah. Um, this is where the skank comes in on the guitar because it's yep. supposed to be the song, uh, but it's not present for the rest of it. Obviously, everything's very slow. Um, what did I say? There's like a, a bit. I don't know if there's a term for this where they just like go with the beat for a while. That's called music. It's just called music, right? But for some reason, I don't know. It stuck out to me. Um, okay. And Do then you have that's like timestamp two oh six. Two oh six. Yeah, and it's just like the music plays for a bit, and they add in this like triplet rhythm. It's hard to do. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's basically just an instrumental break. Yeah, I called it an orphaned beat, and there's no reason to name it anything. Well, I like that name, so we're going to stick with I it. I thought it sounded cool. Yeah, it's because you just kind of leave it there, and it just rings out a bit. Yeah. Um, and then there's like a girl laughing sound effect. Mm. And then uh, another German verse. Yeah. Cut out the skank. Cut back skank. to the sort of like hip-hop style. of the. Yeah, that real bass line. And this part. The lyrics are something to the effect of, back on the road, was he just the same again? Looked girls under rock, offensive until it banged. And if they asked, when can we meet again? He said, I don't know, baby. I still have many miles to go. Maybe if I'm lying in the south between senoritas, some heavily courted in the north, and at my expense in the east. Finally, there is a small town in the west. There is one who tastes of it all women best. Mm. He's on a sexual uh, pilgrimage to where his ex is. Yeah. Um, there's a few. Uh, there's a small town. That yeah, is that in, one's English. in English. <laughs> and or finally, there's a small town, and also the word "senorita" is obviously because, mm-hmm. like, why would a translator translate from German <laughs> it to a to different Spanish language? Yeah. <laughs> instead of English. Um, But yeah, he's he's like on a road trip. He's like on a sexy road trip. Um, and he's finding girls, and they're like, "You're so hot. Let's 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 get together again." He's like, "I'm on the road." He's like, "Yeah, I'm still traveling. I gotta, gotta head to find the small town." The woman I love best, which is the one who just broke up with him. So he's kind of a mess still, I think, but yeah, that's the way the song goes. And he's still listening to the song and he's still holding on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, good for him for still putting himself out there. Like he's yeah, 
but also i don't know that's kind of bad <laughs> yeah and i don't know what the implication of the song is maybe it's like he's back in the game baby but yeah. maybe it's like he's still i mean he's obviously still wanting this one particular woman yeah he's still holding on he's gonna yeah. be your number one so but he's like but i gotta make a few stops on the way and it's like okay okay all right don't fully understand that but sure yeah. Oh, there's also a sitar, I think, sometimes. That's what I was wasn't sure if the sitar was synthesized or not. Ah, uh, who knows. But yeah, that is it does come in there and it's almost it's almost very Beatles like. It's just used as like some ambiance. Yeah, it's just kind of there and like pretty low too. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. If I had a sitar, I'd be like wouldn't want to sing it in the background, you know? Yeah, I I'd be up front with that. If I was going to learn to play a sitar or hire a sitar player, Hire a sitarist. Slash. A, 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 a sitarist? A satirist? Yeah. A satirist. That's a uh, different thing. Um, yeah. Uh, this one is like the kind of interpolation we picked. There was another one. Um, i trying to remember the name. I didn't pick it. Um, here it is. By Cardinal Official. Who has a song oh, yeah. called Number One Brackets Tide is High, where Rihanna sings the Tide is High part. Um uh. it, did you look this up? Because I for some reason recognize this album artwork and I don't know why. Um, no, I did not look that up. It's like a guy, I assume Cardinal Official, with like a like a military helmet, and he's got his mouth is a barcode, and there's black lines under his eye like a football. Anyway. I recognize the album artwork. Don't know why. Okay. We're not talking about that song, but that is another more recent one that um, kind of interpolates this uh, chorus. Look. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and this is the one you're looking at here. Um. No, I saw we're getting any bells for me. All right. I saw it. I was immediately like, yeah, that album art, but I don't know why. Interesting. Anyway. So yeah, this one's, this yeah. one's like a laid back, partially hip hop, partially reggae yeah. hybrid. Very slow, as we mentioned. Yeah. Um, which is and, always fun to get that like and, real slow in. Yeah, and I like I was bobbing my head along to this one. I actually like this, and I didn't even bother to look up the lyrics, but I like that there's this strange narrative within the song relating to the song. Yeah, I'm we're just sure. listening to the song and it's like, yeah, I like this song. Yeah, it's interesting. I like it. With that, we're gonna talk about sheep on drugs in 2002. <laughs> Yes, this is off of a um, a tribute to Blondie album, mm-hmm. um, which has a bunch of versions of Blondie songs, including a version of "Call Me" by Tiffany. Mm-hmm. Um, she does decently; it's not amazing, um, but this yeah. is a lot more different than that yes. version for sure. And um, uh, just to note, these guys are different oh, from Kids sure. on Drugs, who did the cover of uh, Mr. Roboto. Yes, this is not Kids on Drugs. We think. We think. Um, they're a British techno industrial group. Mm-hmm. Been around since like 1990 or so. Yeah, originally formed by uh, Duncan X and Lee Fraser, who I guess go by the names King Duncan and Deadly. Um, currently, the group is just Fraser and the, a woman by the name of Johnny Borden. Hmm. 
and that is, I believe, who's on this is Fraser and Johnny Borden because the vocals on this are uh, uh, female. Oh, I see. Yes, so it opens with like some chime sounds and like wave sound effects, like like beach wave. Breaking. Yeah, um, and you hear the tiny time when I'm. Excuse yeah, that like the, the vocals are very very low in there. Yeah, just for the very beginning, because then suddenly you get this like, then you get this like very fast drum like part. Yeah, the percussion part. Um, this song kind of feels like you know when they like to take memes and just like blow out the fucking audio on them. <laughs> yeah, this is that. This is. Do I look like I know what a JPEG? Is? Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> like, this like grotesque. Like those drums go so fast, and then this like kind of dubstepy, overblown synth does this. Yes, that's kind of the we've talked about it in a lot of elect- electronic songs it'll be like mostly a sample but then they're like now we add our melody on the synth they have that with yeah this like very like low bassy yeah and then like it sounds like an electronic accordion doing some rhythm accordion yeah near the start of that at least i think so hang on yeah doing like the skank sound i mean yeah I don't know. It's some kind of synthesizer, but it does have that kind of accordion feel to it. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, the whole thing is just like very sped up mm-hmm. on that verse. We're, we're two and a half and minutes course. on this one, and they, they just yeah, gun through close. it. It's, it's the short. shortest one. Short. And then, of course, they throw in their own little riff. Yeah, and she's uh, very much your electronic style singing, monotone, uh, robotic. The tide is high, and I'm moving on very quick. And also, I mean, they actually do the um, the verses also very fast. And I don't know. I, I'm assuming that it's actually sped up because it sounds oh, like, like a she, bit sped up. Like she didn't sing it yeah. that fast. Um, I, it's I probably possible that. to sing that fast. but it, I it mean, there's definitely fast. processing on it. Yeah, definitely. Especially when you get to like 117. She goes, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, yeah, very fast. That's really it. Um, I thought it was, like, actually decent. (laughs) I mean, we've heard worse. It's not like that one, uh, fucking, what was, Down With The Sickness cover? Oh, fuck. You remember that one where it was just fucking noise? For a lot of it? Yeah, is this just god-awful? I can't, I can't summon it into my mind. By Um, Proto-X. Proto X. Yeah, I I this one like thinking back on it, it's not offensive. It's not it didn't really stick compared I mean, especially compared to the original, which really sticks in the head. Like this riff, I wouldn't say. I, I wouldn't say I like I brought it home with me or anything. Kind yeah, of this one would play on like some frantic game show where you're supposed to do some kind of task. In yeah, and it would like time. could slowly speed it up or something. Yeah. Um, as you got, yeah, but like it's it's fine. Yeah, it's it's a different take. Um, um, in the same year, we get. Do you have anything else to say about this one? Nope. All right, in the same year, we get the the other number one hit by Atomic Kitten, two thousand two. Atomic Kitten. It was apparently a girl group 
that I yes. don't know uh, their music. Yeah, they're formed in Liverpool, just like the Beatles. So they're the Beatles, mate. They're the Beatles of girl groups. The Beatles, too. Atomic Kitten. Atomic Kitten, which is quite a name. But I couldn't remember it, and I was like, I know it's not Atomic Pussy. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to tell someone about him, and I was like, damn it. Uh, yeah, they're dead or whatever. They're Atomic Pussy band. would be a way cooler girl band. <laughs> it might already be. It sounds like punk, like a punk like punk group girl. Yeah, um, and might already be one. If they if they if they were also formed in Liverpool, they'd be like nailing bloody tampons to the the pillars during their set. <laughs> it's like a Beatles callback. Ah, yeah, it would be wild, man. Hell yeah. Um, so this is from their second studio album, Google feels so one? good, which is like a big shifting phase for Atomic Kitten. One of the one of the main kittens was leaving the group right they, they have a replacement um who i forgot to check which one the replacement was yeah uh let's see um now important to note that this song has a subtitle uh called get the feeling because they throw in a sort of original content in a bridge this they isn't the do. first time we've seen this on the first episode of cover me we talked about Wild Thing and a cover by Prozac, which was called, I believe, Wild Thing slash Poor Boy. Yes, similar to that. Uh, where are we? Uh, Jenny Frost. Sorry, Jenny Frost is the other one. Mm. Um, is she the one who sings the fucking? Oh, Jenny Frost sings verse two. Okay, great. She'll come up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Um, yeah. Yes. Nope. Yep. Never give up. That's what I have to say. Never give up. And never, never give, give up. up. That's right. That's, yeah, that's how, how this starts up. So, so the song opens with like this guitar, kind of muted guitar, and it sounds like it reminds me of the uh, "Pinch Me" by the Bare Naked Ladies. Um, okay. And this is the right time period, so I, I imagine that it's actually probably either inspired by the same thing or inspired by that song, because it's like right around the right time. Well, yeah, and well, the tone on it is this like corny ass pop, like. Oh, we're about to say some real heartfelt shit. Never give up. And they, yeah, they and say then never they give don't up. give up, which is of course in keeping with the themes of the song. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they just right off top, they're like, "Hey, what's the song about? It's about not giving up." Like, cool, we're gonna sing it now. Yeah, thesis get it statement: over with. Never give up. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> and then, you get like yeah. some dance drums on this and a bass slide into the right. Yeah, pretty line. like basic like pop beat. For this yeah, and that genre in this as, time period, like as much as you get from it, it's just that. Yeah, it it never like rises above that or anything, or becomes particularly uh, catchy in its own way. Um, it's pretty straightforward. Like one of the singers, who who is it? Uh, Natasha uh, does most of the solo parts. Um, right, they she's all the one who is sing together pregnant, for the chorus. Right, she's. I don't think she is. No, she might be. Or is she the one who's singing, like, the main part of the song? Yeah. Oh. Well, where... I, she, I, I think she's anything. the pregnant one in the music video. Let me real quick just... Should say on the Wikipedia page. Never give up. Never give up. Remember, Natasha Hamilton became being heavily pregnant at the time of the music hmm. video. That's weird, then, because, like, the person they show singing the verses is not her in the music uh, video. Alex, are you telling me that a, a corporate girl band has no integrity? 
Hmm, I think I might be. It doesn't seem right to me, but I'll let you have your conspiracy theories. Anyway. Yeah, because if she sings, like, the verse and the other verse, it says Natasha. But if Natasha's the pregnant one, she's not the one who's singing in this video. Anyway, we'll talk about the video more. Um, in which one of the three members is quite pregnant. Yeah. Um. um so, yeah, like, it's very... You get that guitar when it's boop a beep boop a beep You get the drums laying down yep. rhythm. You get your your girl group vocals. It's, you know, you get yep. some harmonies. Yep. They're harmonies sometimes. They sing solo sometimes. Um, I, The vocal performances, I wouldn't say stick out other than the singer in the second verse, which mm-hmm. is the first time they sing the um, Every Girl Wants You to Be Her Man. Uh, it's verse two. This is Jenny. She's the new member, and she's uh, so bad. Yeah, it doesn't it's sound terrible. good. I'm listening to it right now. One fourteen, man. Yeah, yeah, not it's great. So it's so terrible. She's the replacement member. I don't know why they hired her. Well, because they were they just need to crank out some music, dude. Again, yeah. I don't think integrity was ever the goal of the Atomic Kitten Project. What do you say? <laughs> Um, I'm saying every time that I get the feeling, you give me something to believe in. Ah, uh, yes, their other verse they've added, which apparently yes. they were—I don't know—they're they like, uh, they're, fuck, I don't know, I don't remember what, the story. Like, what do you get? I read Just the story, like better royalties if you <laughs> if you have your own bullshit in there. I don't know. Maybe yeah, if if they can inspire someone to cover the song like their version. Like every time I get the feeling, yeah, give me it, something a, to believe in. It's like a trick. Is it like two minutes of tricking you so that you'll love this this transition into their own song? Yeah, I don't know, man. And it's not even like that. Like it's one verse's worth of material. That's it. Yeah. They sing it twice, but like yeah, but that's it. Every time that I get the feeling, give me something to believe in. Every time that I got you near me, I know the way that I want it to be. But you yeah. know I'm going to take my chance now. I'm going to make it happen somehow. And you know I can take the pressure. A moment's pain for a lifetime's pleasure. Yeah, which, yeah, I guess fits with the song more or less. Other than maybe not quite with the, some of the Tide stuff we talked about. But, yeah. It's also just like very generic pop sort of thing. Like, uh, yeah. it sounds like... It sounds like something off of, and this isn't really a bad thing now that I'm thinking about it, but it comes from my early life, so I don't associate it with it being very good. My mom used to always listen to these women in song compilations mm-hmm. of music. Sounds like one of those. So it seems lame to me because it's what my parents listen to. Okay, fair enough. Um, but that said, this extends to the rest of it because so, like, Especially watching the video, which I think we should talk about right quick, because there's not much left to talk about in the song. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so, like, early 2000s stylistically. Like, visually, everything about it is that. And that that style for me is just so, like, like repulsive. Oh, it's like, yeah. It's like everything is so terrible. And we're like, why did... We? Like, I didn't dress like that because I was seven or whatever yeah i I just dressed like garbage anyway but yeah i just wore my like lobster sweater but like just looking at him like why did we ever think that looked good it's terrible yeah it is i hate it so much it's really bad so yeah this music video (laughs) we get three ladies the middle one being the very pregnant uh natasha hamilton who apparently sings most of the song despite not being the one they show singing most of the song yeah 
and they are, they're like walking towards the camera and then we get some shots of like some dudes dancing and a, a sign that says atomic and there's this big rainbow light up display in the back it's like a rainbow neon sign that changes which parts are lit up quite rapidly yeah and kind of the main part of the chorus is them they do a particular dance which seems to be i mean i guess you try to do your like dance hook or whatever in your videos so when people are listening to your song in the club they do the dance and if yeah. they like your song enough they remember the dance did it work for this one i don't know it hit number one it so did. maybe this hit number one in s- several countries um but yeah because they do a specific dance that like involves kind of rolling your shoulders back and sticking your elbows out yeah do you think they did that one specifically because a pregnant woman could do it a little bit simpler. I guess the song itself is also more laid back, so they don't need to be like intense dancing right. or anything. Um, Except the dudes yeah, in the back like, are going at it. That's true. They are really getting into it. Because they're, I mean, I don't know how much professional dancers these three are, but these guys are for sure professional dancers. Yeah, dog. There's no question about it. They are on, they are in this, man. Mm-hmm. So then the video is essentially like, it's shots of the group dancing, and then we'll cut to one of the individual atomic kittens in a, some kind of space. Yeah, they get their own space. Solo. In this so case, first... it is not apparently not Natasha. It is Liz McLarn McLarnan McLarnan McLarnan. Um, who I will note always has like one fingerless glove on. Sometimes it's black and sometimes it's pink. She always has at least one, possibly... I think one time she has two. Do you think it's medical? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's holding her wrist. It's like, it's an orthopedic device or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's like in this space and there's just palm, silver palm trees everywhere. Yeah, a bunch of them on the background and a big metallic one in the middle that she's leaning on. And like, yeah. So she sings the verse and then it goes back to them all singing together. Yeah. And then it shows, oh, for the awful verse, uh, the other one. What did we say her name was? Um, Jenny, Jenny Frost. Frost. Is that the She's one? just like walking around a, My, this, a Porsche. This vintage Porsche? car, right? <laughs> I don't know Porsche? which kind of car it is. I don't know. Uh, but, it says kitten on it. Yeah, well, like, the, the kitten gets written on it. <laughs> kitten written on. It, like during, so if you go to like the oh, the 114 mark, it isn't on there at first, and then through cutting edge computer effects, they write kitten on it. Oh shit! I totally missed that. Yeah, a key Amazing. detail. Wow. And then if you look well, at the now license, this now that changes everything. If that just wait, so if you look at the license plate on the front, it says sixty nine a boo. <laughs> what? So, you know, referring, of course, to the, the, the monkey from Aladdin, number 69. I'm sure for no reason. It's just a random <laughs> number, right? Yeah, maybe it's the year of the car. It doesn't look like a 69 car to me. Of all the numbers they could have chosen, though. Honestly? Could be. I looked at a 69 Porsche. Okay, does it Porsche, look like that? Porsche. I mean, they haven't changed all that much. Did you ever ride in Will's dad's? Um, I rode on Will's dad once, but I don't think I, I don't know if I ever rode in his car. <laughs> kind of got that rounded back. Anyway, not super Maybe, important. Yeah. Well, my times with Will's family have been mostly traumatic, so. Uh... That's fair. No, I'm kidding. Um, I had some good times there. It's all good. So, yeah, it shows them, like, then it cuts between them dancing. Uh, they do the, like, dance hook thing a lot. 
Yeah. It shows it cuts to their like weird other spaces. There's a bit where they just like freestyle dance for a bit. Like yeah. they're just having a good time. Yeah, in and this then, neon space. Yes, and then it cuts to like the professional dancers just also going hard because that's yeah. what they do. I wonder where those guys are now. I don't know. I don't know how long a professional dancing career. Maybe they're choreographers now or something. Yeah. We so then at the know. end of that freestyle segment around like 218, that's also the end of their uh, get that feeling bridge. And the the screen becomes pixelated and then shatters into a bunch of pieces as we cut to like Natasha. Oh, yes. Breakdown mm. verse. Now this yeah. is actually Natasha. Mm hmm. Who maybe saying the rest of it? Too. I don't know. Who knows? But she's in a room with a bunch of like ones that have liquid in them, by the looks of it. It's a lot more colorful. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's back to the dance, and and then that's you know that's it. It's just dancing for the rest of this baby. Oh wait, we get back. We get like shots of them hanging out by the cars and stuff. You're. We don't actually come back to that palm tree, do we? <laughs> You'd think that would be an important part of the song. Oh, wait, we do. It's just it's, you can't see the palm tree in oh, the shot, good. really. I was worried for a minute there. And that's that's the song, baby. Yeah. The music video. It. The whole thing is just, I and mean, you know, I was thinking about this. But we try, we've, we've gotten good at identifying, like, live bands and being like, well, this song isn't incredible, but it would be great in a live context. And I just can't imagine the positive light to view this very successful song in uh, yeah i don't really see it as a live thing besides being like it makes money like this thing prints cash and that's great for a business but <laughs> yeah and i guess it was a time when you needed this kind of a music video and but in in terms of like what the lens we on this podcast and i i think in general tend to look at music as like art this isn't that it's not art it's very like produced i mean it's it's a strange situation because if you like just from the wikipedia page it's a band that like two guys were like we want to form a girl group let's get yeah. some girls and give them music to perform so it's like it's almost like they were just saying hey can we make some money off of off of it like like we can make music yeah, this thing like, is we're popular. Middling we musicians. obviously can't be a girl group, reasonably. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, just a, so let's find someone else to do it, and then like produce them. It's it's very strange. It it does have that feeling of like insincerity throughout. Yeah, it feels very cynical, very corporate. Um. You got, you got the, like, the, the woman's very pregnant, and they're like, you're going to go out there, and you're going to fucking dance so we can get our goddamn money off of yeah, this. Although, what's interesting is they, see, they shoot her from the front a lot, like, mm -hmm. like front on, so you can't tell in every shot. It's yeah, because it makes it just kind of look flat, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but she still has like early 2000s like belly shirt on. Yeah. Because it was the early 2000s. And that's what they wore. Because they were terrible. They were just like, look at these Every person. Bellies. Everybody. The Even I was 2000s. wearing them out there. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Man. Low-rise jeans and belly shirts? Not a fan. No. I'm not, not a I'm, fan. No. 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 It makes me feel like talking about bluegrass. 
That's exactly how it makes me feel, which is why we're going to talk about Chug Bucket in 2016. Great kind name. Of a, yeah, good name. Kind of a novelty-ish version of the song. Um, I, I looked yep. up their Facebook page, and they hadn't updated since 2017. There's a when post Gordon about, Downey died. Yeah, like, rest in peace, Gordon Downey. Uh, they're from Toronto. They are yep. Canadian. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like, it's uh, pretty bluegrass. They describe themselves as a jug band in the city, working hard, playing the streets, and creating an instant party. And that's what they are. Yeah, the kazoo's on this reek of novelty. You're right. Yes, it does. It does feel novelty in that way. Um, so it and it comes in with like uh, like it's banjo. You know, it's banjo picking, and then mm-hmm. doing that. You know, the tide is high progression, and then yeah, kazoo's like fucking kazoo orchestra comes in. Yeah, doing sort of that, and that like just buzzy kazoo sound. Yeah. Which I don't have my kazoo in here, but. No. There's like a tambourine and bass drum for percussion. Very sparse. Yep. Yep. And then after we kazoo for a while, um, not that long, actually. Female vocals. It's the the way they do the vocals is is strange because there's like the lead vocals, I think, or what sounds like the lead vocals are sung by female voice yeah but there's like a whole chorus the way mm-hmm. she's singing it is kind of sounds more like a harmony part the way they're singing it sounds more like the lead part but it's presented in terms of the recording the way like the the harmony right. part would be like they've reversed it because she's like the main focus right sonically. yeah you can hear it on the chorus particularly yes absolutely and but she kind of sings it more monotone and they sing like the traditional yeah, um, I noticed melody. on the like on the verses, she sings kind of like a a children's song singer. Yeah, and I don't know what that is. If that's just like twang, like, yeah, is that, is that just how like I yeah? But she does have an a strange aspect to her voice that I don't really fully understand. Yeah, and I'm not sure I appreciate it. Yeah, because kind of she's kind of got like a more rural accent. That I wouldn't necessarily associate with Ontario, but maybe. Right. I've never been to rural Ontario. Um, yeah, and, and it's kind of like a strange twang. Yeah, strange and just with the chorus. the instrumental backing we've set up here, I feel like these guys, and then with the, the backup chorus, too, I feel like there's a more fun version in here that they're trying to go for, but I think the vocals are not in that direction. They don't quite meet the mark of being an instant party band or whatever they said. No. Yeah, it I, I agree. It it doesn't feel as like tight as the more professional versions for sure. Mm-hmm. Um also very not reggae. This is very not reggae. No, this um, is blue grass. <laughs> um I thought you were gonna say this blue. No, it, it did kind of blow. It's not my favorite, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's kind of endearing and it would be wild to hear it in a live setting, like a street market kind of setting. And you'd be like, Oh, that's neat. But like, I, I, yeah, that's pretty much the place I, I envision this existing. Yeah. It's like a, a state farm 
farm fair. Uh, state fair, yeah, a state <laughs> no, which farm we fair. don't have. We don't have states, but no, uh, like a we, farmers a market, county fair. We have counties, right? We do, we do have counties. They just yeah. don't seem to matter. Yeah, not all that much. Except because I look, I looked at a county app. map like Calgary, where I live. In case yeah. anyone forgot, um, I don't like the counties go around it. So I don't think we're in a county or we're our own county. Right. Because there's like Rocky View County and Lethbridge yep. County. And okay. All that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the other one? Lacombe County around us. Yeah. And then there's um, Mountie County. Mountie County. Um, there's a lot of counties, but I've never had to worry about living in a county. Yeah. I've never had to understand things by county. Huh? Yeah. We definitely don't have a count. <laughs> no, certainly not. But you can count on the fact that we're going to go into our final verdict right now. Yep. Yep, Another yep. legendary transition. Three categories today: the worst version, the number one version, and uh, the 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 beach version. Which version are you gonna blast at the beach, my boy? Blast at the beach. All right, Alex. What's the worst version of this? What is the worst version of this? I mean, it's probably Atomic Kitten. We we talked about how it's absolutely it, it, Atomic it come, Kitten. It's very like insincere version. It's not a style of music I'm that much of a fan of, but I've enjoyed pop songs from that time. Mm-hmm. This is just not a very well put together cover song in that style. Yeah, and it's we did compare it in the intro. We talked about it in relation to Studio uh, Stars on Fifty Four. Yeah, and I like the Stars on Fifty Four version of If You Could Read My Mind. I do not like this. Yeah, I think I like that too. I seem yeah. to recall liking it, but this one's a little. I guess it's also. Feels kind of derivative, like, oh, this seems to come from this, this seems to come from this, and then they just throw in a chorus that yeah. is whatever. They're like, or, well, the, like Blondie was successful because of the hot woman. What if we just made the whole band hot women? What if we women? did three of those from a very early 2000s perspective? Yeah. Um, eh? It's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an insincere cash grab, and... I just, I, I mean, congratulations to them for getting their money's worth. It worked, yeah. It's great. Ugh. Um, Alex, best version of this. Best version of this. I liked a couple of them. A couple of them were just okay. But I think I got to cop out a little bit and just give it to Blondie. I mean, that's fair. they kind of brought the song to the world. And they did, uh, they did a good version of it, too. Yeah, it's very rich. It's a it's a, it's a pretty good reggae sound for an all white band from New York. Yeah, at least as far as I can understand reggae. I mean, I'm saying that I'm not really an authority. <laughs> fair. Um, yeah, that's a good What's choice. Your a fair one? choice. Um, my number one. I'm gonna give it to Seed. Seed. Yeah. Seed. That was that was my close, very close second. Yeah, I just I thought it was a great uh great instrumentals on that. Um the rap was good. Like it's in German, it's got a sort of uh, a, a a Jamaican reggae styling to the rap. It's uh it's a weird hybrid that I would never expect to see and would doubly would never expect to pay off. And I think their their narrative that they weaved into it is also a great interaction with a with a as a cover song to just be like we're not just covering this we are kind of just listening to it and thinking about it yeah we're branching off from it we're making the the tide is high extended universe here (laughs) extended universe and that's fun i yeah i really liked it 
Alex. As it were. The beach jam, the the summer jam 20 summer K, jam 2021 21 because we don't have we didn't have summer in 2020 yeah didn't happen um canceled a months ago um i i gotta give this one to seed i feel like the seed version is like the the slowest one i think we talked about it's mm-hmm. definitely got that laid back feeling and I think it's got a broader appeal in terms of modern audiences. Mm. So I think it would be good to play at a public place where people are relaxing. That's fair. That's a good call. I'm going to go reverse view. I'm going to pick Blondie for this. Okay. Because it's, it's got that popular appeal that I think, you know, True. if you've if you got a wide audience of people at the beach, you've got old people, young people, you put this on, it's, it's going to be like everybody's going to be able to latch onto something. Wide demographics. Probably. Yeah. And just uh, yeah, just just nobody's gonna object to the tide is high coming on. Yeah, although honestly, if you're talking about like a public beach, probably no one would object to Blondie, Atomic Kitten, or Seed. Or yeah, they're probably not gonna object to anything. Yeah. They're be like, well, well, I a- mean, if you put on Sheep on Drugs or Chug Bucket, they might be like, what's going on here? What in tarnation? <laughs> what in tarnation is happening? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. And yours might be more of like one that would actually get traction like played throughout the summer at different locales i could definitely see that being played at like like i've been to a couple like mexican resorts i could i may have actually heard it there like it's possible yeah 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 so that's our opinions if you got a similar opinion different opinion or want to talk about the one of the many cover versions we didn't talk about hit us up on twitter hashtag cover me pod at jake the cressy at some alex wise guy or you can email us at cover me pod at gmail.com send your comments questions concerns be sure to rate and review us we're on spotify stitcher um google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app tell your friends about us we have no marketing budget we have very few reviews if you've listened to this for this long You've gotten this far in the episode. Tell us what you think. Tell us how you feel. There's time to change. We can change. I'll tell you what we think. We think you're great. Yeah. But if you so, leave a review, we'll think you're even better. I mean, we we don't know who to think that about. We think you're great, but like. But who are you? But it's not it's not physical, you know. It's not fi- we it's, can make it physical. Theoretical, baby. We can we can make it physical. We can get physical. Um. Yeah. If you want us to talk about that song. Getting physical by who does that? Get Let physical. us know. Uh, Olivia Newton John, I believe. Olivia Newton John. Then, yeah, email us and ask us to do it, you fucks. You good fucks. <laughs> who we love. Who we love. You lovable fucks. With that, we're going to jump into our bonus segment, which is just a, another phoned in one. Alex, what are you listening to these days? Um, a good question. I've not been listening to much. No, that's not true. Okay uh queen <laughs> queen <laughs> yeah it's just queen uh the other day i was talking to my roommates about queen albums and i was like i should listen to some queen albums so i did nice what what queen albums are you throwing on rotation um, i listened to the miracle and i listened to the works the works the miracle and yeah works oh yeah. yeah 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 i listened to the miracle because I like it, and I listen to the works because I haven't listened to it much. Interesting, Alex. You know what? Yeah. I don't think I have listened to the Miracle that much. The works I've listened to pretty frequently, but the Miracle never really dived into. The Miracle is 
pretty cheesy, but I love it for that reason. Like some of it, it definitely gets like, I mean, the Invisible Man. I'm the Invisible Man. Man, oh yeah, I'm I know the that invisible one. Invisible Man, incredible how you can see right through. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I mean, I like Breakthrough. Rain must fall. Don't know scandal that well. Anyway, it's got some good stuff on it. What have you been listening to? I've been listening to um, just a couple things, really. Uh, Matt Berry released a new album. Oh, I saw that. Called Phantom Birds. It's pretty good. He's a, I mean, he's a comedian, uh, a pretty good musician. I don't think he's, like, incredible, but... Yeah, he's definitely it, got some kind of neat, weird music. Yeah, he got, and got some me. great hits. Take My Hand off of, the, you know, the opening theme for yes. Toast of London is crazy good. I love that song. Yeah, um, I like he's listening... Got a great, to it's not really music it's he does like a a monologue thing at the beginning of the album opium oh yeah that's like very like dramatic and it's funny and it listen it's good good time yeah and like opium eight, so. and like yeah i recommend it fuck i'll take a look at that yeah i i just a big matt berry fan in general so that's been pretty cool to listen to that um what just dropped on friday is the album over that road i'm bound by joaquin cooter the son of rye cooter i saw that um and this one's very interesting it's not a cover album but it's like based on songs by uncle dave macon an old like dixie country banjo artist interesting so he takes like Sometimes the lyrics, so sometimes they're pretty close. Like he'll take the lyrics and then build a different sort of uh, like uh, musical compositions over that. Sometimes he'll take just like a progression from a song and then build a different song around it. So it's like it's not a, like fully original music. It's not covers either. It's this weird middle ground. And apparently that's something Uncle Dave Macon also did was sort of revive old works through this this kind of format just playing them oh, and interesting. Like, sort of switching them and so and i'm trying to so it's very difficult i'm trying to figure out uh, like an original song by uncle dave macon that has been adapted on this album and then sort of taking the next step and then building a playlist around that uncle dave macon song for us to talk about because i think that'd be very interesting it's a lot of songs oh just pick one song Cool. Just, yeah, just pick one and then kind of like run that. That would that, be cool because that's a cool concept. Where it's like mm-hmm. kind of covers, but like more vague. Yeah, and it, like it's a pretty all-star cast on this uh, Joaquin Cooter album. He's got his dad playing banjo on it, uh-huh. and uh, I believe the the son of uh, what is it, Ali Farka Toure. Oh, really? Yeah, playing guitar on it. Okay, I'm going to listen to this. Because, you uh, should absolutely that listen is to like, it. As, that's pretty up my alley. Uh, yeah, I think he will love it. And he's got uh, an album from 2018 as well, Fuchsia Machu Picchu, which is also I a great album. I have listened to that. That is pretty good time. My family was confused by it, though. It <laughs> that's how you know it's good. Much. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's what I've been listening to. And sort of, I guess, also ideas I have for the future. Um. That's our bonus segment. You guys want to tell us what you've been listening to? Hashtag, here's what I've been listening to. And, you know, tell us. I'd be interested in seeing what people are listening to at the moment. With that, that's, that brings our episode to a close. And as we always say on Cover Me, every man wants you to be Cover Me.